find a pain point, find a specific pain point for a small group of people you can get really good at fixing and roll out an offer speaking directly to that. See what the results are like for you. And then you can look at what then, how do I now more broadly roll this strategy out to the rest of my business. Hey gang, welcome back to the mashup. Hope everybody's well uh, and getting some value out of the podcasts that we're doing for you. Hey, things are getting really exciting here at Orbit HQ, I've got to say, because at the end of the month, we're jet setting off to New York for a couple of weeks. So we were there a few years ago. We loved it. We would have been going back in 2020, but, you know, COVID fucked that for everybody. So uh, we obviously didn't, but we finally rebooked our trip and we're going at the end of March. So we're getting really excited now. And I've decided that I'm not going to pre-record any episodes of the mashup before we go. I'm going to do them while we're over there. I think it might give me a different perspective on things. It'll be interesting to see you know, how we go still working whilst we're away. We've obviously got the team who are incredible and who will take care of mothership whilst we are away, but there'll still be things that we want to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And I'm actually really looking forward to doing a couple of episodes from somewhere else. So um, stand by for that. We'll, we'll be we'll be sharing a bit of our journey with you um, while we're there, but we'll definitely be podcasting whilst we're away. So this episode, I was going to do last week, but I published the episode with Lana, the business coach, which has got great feedback, by the way, instead, because we were both going to be at the same event at the same time last week. And I just thought it was a good idea to publish it prior to that. And it was, like I said, the feedback's been great. We've got some comments from people who were at the event. So um, I'm glad we did it that way. But this one's one that I spoke about a little while ago, and it's about bridges and pelicans and how they relate to your marketing strategy. So interesting story. For anybody who knows me and knows us uh, or works with us, you'll probably know that we live on the mid coast of New South Wales, which is uh, a couple of hours, three hours north of Sydney. And it's a really beautiful holiday place. It's on the, it's on the water. And, it's Foster is a twin town with Tun Curry, which is on the other side of the lake. And there's this there's this fabulous bridge. It's a bit rickety. Um, it's old. It's not big enough. It causes traffic jams, but it's our bridge and we friggin' love it. And so I run across that bridge a couple of times a week. Um, and on this particular occasion, it was much later than normal. So, you know, I normally try and get a run in. Um, in the evening, before it gets dark, you know, sun's going down, it's really pretty, all that sort of stuff. And it was a, it was a really busy day here at Orbit HQ, and I didn't feel, finish up until a lot later than I normally would. And so it's, you know, that kind of, that time for us, that activity, you know, whether it's running or whether it's swimming or whatever it's doing, they're kind of not negotiables for us, right? That That's built into our broader business and life strategy is to make sure that we're taking that time for self-care and to do those kind of things that let us focus on something other than work for a little while. So it's a kind of not negotiable and it was getting a bit late. It was about eight o'clock at night and I thought I've still got to do it. So, you know, I got myself organized, 
and off I went. And it sounds way more impressive than it is. Don't worry. It's not. I don't run that far, and I definitely don't run that fast. Um, but it's. I, I just think it's really important to keep to those rituals, to have that routine, to kind of you know have some downtime from work. But anyway, so it was getting dark, and here I am. I come running up over the bridge, and in the water I can see pelicans on the water and that's not unusual right they're always here there's there's like a, a whole heap of them and, and they live in the area and they're always around but weirdly they were all in the water there was probably a hundred of them right and they're big birds so this was a big flock and they're all in the water there and i can see that the tide is moving really quickly which it does when the tide's really flowing under that bridge for anybody who visits foster um you'll you'll know what i'm talking about it flows really fast under that bridge. And so little pelicans are all kind of sitting there and they're all facing the same way out towards the heads and the and the um, the tide's flowing past them. And I can see them as I come up over the bridge. This bridge is about half a kilometre long. So for our people who don't do metric system, that's like a quarter of a mile long. So it's a pretty decent bridge. And I can see them as I'm sort of coming up over the hill. And then as I get a little bit closer, I can see there's fish jumping. Lots of them. There's lots of these little fish jumping. And the pelicans are kind of fighting over who's going to get this fish and who's going to get that fish. And you can see them all sort of lunging and, you know, bumping into each other and flapping their wings and causing a bit of a fuss as they're all trying to grab these fish. But there's thousands of fish, right? If I can see them jumping on the water like that, there must be thousands of them. And the pelicans all fighting over them. And I just thought, oh, wow, you know, good work, pelicans. You've managed to find this, you know, this great school of fish and getting a terrific feed. And it must happen regularly, but I don't see it because I don't normally run at that time of the night. So anyway, I keep going and I run across the bridge and over to the other side and I don't think about it. I'm going to do my lap around the park and I come back. And as I'm coming back over the bridge again, I can see they're still going, but they're getting a little bit more... Um, aggressive towards each other right so as it gets a bit later and i guess this school of fish is probably thinning out or dispersing or or getting washed under the bridge and up into the lake with the tide the pelicans are all getting a little bit more desperate to get a feed and so now there's a lot of activity there's wings flapping and their kind of beaks are banging against each other as they're all going for these fish in the lake and it was really mesmerizing to watch Anyway, so that's what was going on. I keep going. I come off the other side of the bridge and I start going around the lake and there's this just this one pelican, just this one lonely guy and he's a little bit further up in the lake and he's away from all the other pelicans and I can see him, you know, off a little bit. And I think, you poor bloke, you know, or, or you know, girl, you poor pelican, all by yourself, you're missing out. You know, these guys over there are all going crazy. There's all of these fish and they're all, you know, splashing around, grabbing fish and having a good feed or, well, I presume having a good feed, but they're fighting. They're all fighting over the fish. Even though there's tons of them, tons of fish, there's tons of pelicans too. And so they're all squabbling and fighting. And here's this one guy. And and so as I'm heading towards him, I'm thinking, oh, you're missing out, man. You know, you're in the wrong place. There's there's action aplenty <laughs> under the bridge and you're missing out. But as I get a bit closer, I notice him, her, pelican, just kind of cruising along and every now and then he's just plucking a fish out of the water. Bloop, got one. And a little bit later, bloop, got another one. 
And not and when I say later, like it's obviously not that long between fish because I'm not standing watching, I'm running past him. And it occurs to me, maybe not, oh, this poor pelican's in the wrong spot and missing out. Maybe this is the smart pelican because he's not with all the other ones. And there might not be a lot of fish where this pelican is, right? And in fact, there was I didn't see any fish jumping where he was, where this pelican was. I just see the pelican grabbing a couple out of the water every now and then. And it occurs to me that there doesn't need to be very many because one pelican doesn't need to eat a lot of fish to be pretty chubby and satisfied pelican, right? And being the person that I am, I just can't help but think about how does that relate to our marketing, to us, to what we do? And it's not. I mean, you can see where I'm going with this, right? And this is a this is a genuine story, right? This is not me just trying to make up a story to kind of fit in with what we're talking about. Um, but you can see where this is going, right? Don't fish where everybody else fishes because, you know, the hundred or whatever other pelicans chasing the thousands or whatever other fish, I'm sure they were getting something to eat, but they didn't have their choice of fish. They just grabbed whichever one happened to be closest and hoped that they weren't going to fight another pelican to get it. And they were getting a feed, but they were expending a lot of energy to get that feed because they were squabbling and squawking and flapping their whims and all those things that I was talking about. Whereas other pelican over here, just sitting there, just floating around, just grabbing whichever fish looks good as it floats past. And having a great old time. So then, as marketers, what can we learn from that? What can we learn from, you know, that one pelican all by itself happily munching away on the odd fish and getting very, very happy? What can we learn from that? It's more, it's much more than just not fishing where everybody else fishes. It's about how do we define our target customer? How do we define our audience in such a way that there's really nobody else competing in our space. Now, there's always going to be someone else. I get that. But how do we define our audience in such a way that there are very, very few people looking for the customers that we're looking for? Sometimes it can be really tempting to just go after that great big market to fish where everybody else fishes because that's where all the customers are. And you think, wow, I don't want to miss out on that. You know, you can see all the action happening and people are talking about how great they're doing and you think, I just really want some of that action. It can be really tempting and it can be frightening to think I'm going to define my audience so specifically and, and narrow it down so much that I'm cutting myself off from 90 or more percent of potential customers. But the more specific you can be, the more cut through you're going to get with your messaging. Now, Seth Godin talks about the minimum viable market. And in startup circles, they talk about the minimum viable product. Essentially, what they're doing is they're, is they're talking about what's the smallest group of people that you can talk to, the most narrowly defined group of people that you can talk to that is still viable for your business, right? So you, you don't want to narrow it down to one person, right? as an extreme example, because it's probably not enough to sustain your business. Right? You don't want to narrow it down so far that there's not enough people in that audience for you to actually get the customers that you need to be profitable. 
um, or to be sustainable. But you want to narrow it down to the point where all of the people in that audience have the same or substantively similar problems that need to be fixed. A problem that needs to be fixed so that you can get really good at fixing it. Right? So you can become the absolute authority when it comes to fixing that particular problem. So you can understand it in so much depth and so much detail that when you talk about it in your own marketing, when your advertising lands in front of that person and they read what you've got to say, it's almost like you're speaking directly to that one person. It's not like a broad marketing message that's going blasted out to the world. That person feels like you're talking to them and they're like, yeah, wow, this person really gets me. This person totally understands what I'm trying to do. And that will build an enormous amount of trust in a really short space of time. If they think that you really understand them, and if you do, like if you're focusing on a really narrow market, you're genuinely going to build an understanding of the problems that need solving and how to solve them that other people don't have. You are going to become the authority in that space. And that's what this is all about. It's about genuinely being able to help this really narrowly defined group of people in such a way that they then become your advocates. They then start talking about what an incredible job you do, that they would never think of using somebody else because you do such a fabulous job at solving whatever that problem is. Right, So it allows you to to develop that understanding, to create your offer and position it in such a way that nobody else is even going to get close to you. So from a customer service point of view and a results point of view, it's fabulous. But the other thing it does is it allows you to get so good at delivering your service and it allows you to put systems in place that you've now got a scalable business as well. So even though you're focusing on this minimum viable market, there's going to be other people who have a similar problem that maybe you're not talking to that now your audience is going to start talking to. They'll do the recommendations, they'll do the referrals, they'll do the reviews, and then the people who are coming to you have been referred by somebody that they know and they trust, and your sales job gets a whole lot easier. So not fishing where everybody else fishes, right? Being the pelican that's not under the bridge with the hundred other pelicans fighting over all of these little fish is definitely a solid strategy that you should absolutely consider when you're building out your marketing. Think about it proactively. What's a problem that I know that I can solve that's valuable, right? that needs solving? It's no good being an expert at solving a problem that nobody needs fixed. Right, So it's got to be something that's genuinely a problem for people, that's genuinely a pain point for which there's value in finding a solution. Drill down into that as specifically as you can, get a great understanding of it, become the expert at fixing it, and that's the kind of strategy that's really going to allow you to start getting the results that have people talking about you, and that's where your scalability comes from. So it's kind of like doing things in reverse, I guess, isn't it? Instead of saying, I'm going to talk to as many people as possible to start getting some clients, no, I'm going to talk to as few people as I possibly can, as specifically as I can, to get results for those people, and that's where my scalability is going to come from. So for some of you, you'll be listening to this going, yeah, that's really obvious. For others, it might be a quantum shift. It might be completely turning what you thought on its head. 
Um, a lot of this comes from a really great book called This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. Not the story about the pelican. That is genuinely my story, and I've got photos to prove it. Um, but but the theory, and and I'd actually read that book a little while ago, and that 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 um, uh, I guess that theory sort of came back to me whilst I was watching these pelicans, which is what sort of prompted me to really want to do this episode for you guys. It just kind of reinforced it for me that we see these things happening right before our eyes, and sometimes we don't. We don't realise it. We don't see what's going on, um, and and I would have just run straight past all those pelicans, and I wouldn't have even thought about it had I not had Seth Godin in the back of my mind. So hopefully for you guys, um, it will be something that you can think about now when you're planning your strategy. Even if even if you've got an established business, it's not. It's never too late to think I'm going to try a particular launch. I'm going to try a particular campaign, and in that campaign. Do this. Find a pain point. Find a specific pain point for a small group of people you can get really good at fixing and roll out an offer speaking directly to that. See what the results are like for you. And then you can look at what then, how do I now more broadly roll this strategy out to the rest of my business? Okay, that's it from me, gang. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm loving speaking with you guys again and I'm loving your feedback. So feel free to drop some comments. Um, connect with us on our socials and ask if there's particular topics that you want to hear about and we will catch up with you guys next week on The Mashup. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales, reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals. Find us at orbitmarketing.com.au, themarketingmashup.com.au, Instagram at orbit underscore marketing, Facebook at Orbit Marketing Oz, that's Orbit Marketing OZ, also YouTube, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok.